Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. You tuned into the right place. This is the Millennium Beat. I'm your host, Kevin James. Thanks for joining us. Today is going to be a little different show. It's going to be a topic show. And we have four guests, two on the phone and two on video. The first two on video are Joe Thornton and Ron Culver. Second two on the phone is Karen Simmons and Papa Jack Taylor. I would like to thank my guests for being on the Millennium Beat today. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. On today's show, we'll be talking about COVID-19, the 2020 elections. But first, I want to have you introduce yourself, guys. We'll start with Joel. Hey, I'm Joel Thornton, and I'm an international human rights attorney. I handle cases, mostly religious freedom, freedom of speech, that sort of issue in the United States. And I've uh, done a good bit of work in Europe and internationally as well. Okay. Ron Culver. Let's talk about and tell us about you. I am Ron Culver. I am a salesman uh, for a national lighting company here in Florida. Uh, prior to that, I worked in state government alongside Joel Thornton uh, uh, for the state school superintendent of Georgia. I did that for eight years. Uh, and so that's a little bit about me. I also uh, do itinerant ministry uh, and travel around the country and speak in different places. Okay. All right, good. And we got on the phone. Papa Jack, tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself. Well, let me see. I haven't intended to talk about it, so I might not be able to remember much. Anyway, I'm Jack Taylor. I've been saved for uh, for 77 years. I've been preaching for 70, three of it. And uh, my, uh, my present position, I am without a position except I'm up to about 250 sons, daughters, and so on, having the daughters double it. And uh, that's what I do for a living. So uh, uh, if you need anything else, call my lawyer. <laughs> call your lawyer. <laughs> okay. Well, my name is Karen Simmons. Um, I am one of the intercessors here at Identity Church in Deltona, Florida. Uh, prayer has been one of my main focuses for the last 30 years in the state of Florida in particular. Um, I also have a ministry of my own called Intercourt Ministries, and um, I use the prophetic gift the Lord gave me, and I create um, banners and flags and different things that are used in prayer on the land and um, other things like that, things like that. So let's talk on COVID-19. Let's start off with Ron, because he's on my left side of my screen. So, Ron, what's going on in your mind with this COVID-19 thing that's been going on since March? I, uh, I heard the Lord last year before uh, we got into 2020, and he said uh, we're not, gonna, not to have an opinion about okay. uh, 2020. Uh, but as we uh, came into 2020, it presented itself with a, a few issues. Uh, corona being one of those issues. Um, I think uh, there has been a vast number of people that have gotten into fear over COVID-19. It has a 99.6% survivability rate. Uh, my own, my youngest son got uh, corona this year. Uh, 
the, I thought it was hilarious when the health department asked us if we all had our own bedroom and bathroom, and there's seven of us. I thought that was comical, but uh, we didn't treat him any different. We didn't stop uh, hugging, and we didn't isolate him in a room. Um, I'm high risk, what they consider, uh, what they call high risk. Uh, I have asthma, sleep apnea, uh, high blood pressure. But uh, we didn't we didn't quarantine him alone in a room. We just hugged and loved on him just like we normally would. And nobody else in our house got it. I know this is affecting a lot of people out there. I know I have friends that have died from this. We've had a couple of people in our church get it, one in which who passed away. So it's a real virus. Um, it doesn't seem to have uh, – I don't think they've been able to nail down uh, who it specifically targets because it, it has killed uh, – from any age group, uh, I've seen people pass away from it. So that's my thought. My thoughts on it. Um, I, I'm going to continue to pray uh, about it. I think we need to use wisdom, but I'm not in fear about coronavirus. Right. That's good. Not to be in fear. Okay. From your perspective, Joel, what's your thoughts on COVID nineteen? Well, I think Ron summed it up pretty well. And and the biggest thing about this is there is a lot of fear with it. But, you know, what we're seeing is that it, it really seems to have the worst effect on high-risk people. And, and people of low risk seem to have virtually no problem with it at all. And what we should have done from the beginning is treat this thing like the flu and said, we're going to isolate high-risk people, older people, people with other comorbidities like heart disease, lung disease, uh, kidney disease, diabetes, those sorts of things, and that we should have we should have built up a herd, human, a herd immunity to this the way they did in Sweden. Right. And I, I think that's the biggest thing we've messed up. Now, when it first came out, we didn't know what it was. What we do know now is that this is a virus that came out of Wuhan, China. It looks like to me it's a virus that the Chinese may have manipulated and, and been messing with in a lab. I don't think they released it intentionally. It looks like probably it was released unintentionally and accidentally uh, through some negligence. But, you know, it, it also looks like it's, it's sort of weakening as it goes, which is what viruses tend to do. Mm-hmm. They tend to weaken. And, you know, then we just heard today that there's now uh, Pfizer has, um, has an immunization that is what is 90% effective. So it looks like we're, we're going to be on the other end of this thing, which is exactly what we've been promised for the last two or three months, as President Trump's talked about it, he's tried to say this thing, the, the end is right around the corner here of getting this thing under control. And I think that's where we're going to be. And I, I would expect life to go back to normal at the first of the year and, and shortly thereafter. Okay, Papa Jack, you're up next. What is God saying to you in your heart? You know, I think it's a good rule not to answer if you don't know the answer. And when I said the good morning to your hello, I told you all I know about COVID-19, but, uh, you know, my opinions center around, uh, God allowed it. I think it's, uh, hatched in hell, but a lot of things the devil has done on earth has done has affected the earth. So I have about the same opinion. That um, the former speaker, and I forgot that what Joel? Is mm-hmm. he the one? Yes, okay. Joel. Uh, talk to my lawyer. <laughs> I really, I really think uh, God intended it for good, 
the devil intended it for evil. And uh, God has had uh, God has had less good than the devil has had evil. So uh, my my first responsibility in hearing something, especially worldwide, is to see what God's talking to me about, and uh, then see what God is saying to the church. And then see what God's saying to the world. And uh, I think all of us have gotten involved. Uh, I have to an unhealthy degree. And uh, that's the reason this last uh, election that we uh, had, I, uh, I'm totally buffaloed. I, I don't know what's happening. I've, I've had to. Uh, I apologize to my sons and daughters about uh, about an attitude. God caused this. Then what happened to the, what happened to what came about when Trump was elected? If God elected him, uh, God could keep him elected. God could reelect him. So uh, you're you're talking to someone that can't help you very much because I don't know how I feel. Uh, I've been conflicted in almost every direction. So the only peace I can find is that Jesus loves me, and this I know, but the Bible tells me so. And I've settled on that and promised that I'll let, uh, I'll let other things blow me off um, of the centrality of the love of Jesus for me. So that's where I am. And I know that doesn't help very many, except the only way you can find peace is in the love of God through Jesus. And I think that's what God meant in all of this, that we would, we would get up and jump and land on the central thing we know, and that is what somebody told what somebody told yellows in the and ask him to think it all over and to tell us the bottom line. This great theologian, I could name him, and you could recognize him. Uh, but uh, he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and the rest of that passage. So that's all I can do for you right now. Okay, Karen, it is your turn. You being a prophetic prayer warrior, Interceder, what's the Lord saying to you about COVID nineteen? Well, I um, I have some thoughts on it. I haven't been following much of anything uh, during this uh, pandemic. Actually, um, I know that um, one of the things I have uh, told many of my friends is to start taking care of yourselves, to learn how to take care of yourselves without medicine. I'm a you know, a strong proponent of um, herbs and oils, and I've been doing that for the last 25 years, and I'm very healthy, and I continue to do that just to take care of myself. Um, we know that um, there are many ways we can be influenced and overtaken in our minds and in our bodies through uh, these forces beyond our control it seems at times but um 
prayer has been a major focus of mine during this time because uh, prayer in itself keeps our bodies and our minds healthy. When we have the right perspective, um, we can move forward regardless of what's happening around us. I think uh, the negativity that is constantly thrown at us brings our, it actually brings our megahertz down, which actually makes us sick. So if we can keep our minds stayed on the Lord, and we can keep our, um, our positive focus, and we move forward in what God has for us, then whatever happens around us shouldn't make any difference at all. Okay, we're going to move on to our second topic. That topic is dealing with the 2020 elections. And Ron, why don't you start us off with what's your thoughts on the 2020 elections? Well, uh, you know, we've had different opinions out there uh, with, the, with the election. I certainly uh, wanted Trump uh, to win re-election. Um, it seems that we've got some issues now with uh, some possible corruption in several states in the union. Um, but I, I'll tell you, um, and I, I kept this private, I've shared it with a handful of people prior to the election. I felt impressed. I won't call it a prophetic word, but I felt impressed that Trump might not win. And, uh, I know Joel and I had some offline conversations, uh, about that. Uh, pastor Charlie and I talked about that a little bit and, um, so I was a little concerned, and, and the reason I was concerned is, is that I felt like that we had almost made an idol out of a, uh, out of a political system. And when I began to read about uh, the prophet Jeremiah, I saw a lot of parallels going on uh, during the time uh, of Jeremiah's day in the northern and southern kingdom being divided and what was going on here in our own nation with our nation being divided between left versus right. And it didn't seem to be the issue at the core of God's heart was the divide as much as it was the need for repentance in the nation. And I heard this scripture uh, from the very beginning of this year, and it's been thrown around a lot uh, about if my people will humble themselves and pray. And, and the Lord the Lord just kept sticking that with me this year. And the part he focused on with me was if we humble ourselves. And I, uh, as I began to think about it, you know, Jesus was born in a, into a corrupt political and religious system. And he didn't he didn't change that system. He operated outside of that system in the kingdom dynamic. Uh, and him and 12 disciples turned the world upside down, and they couldn't stomp what they did out for 700 years. And I think we've gotten too focused maybe in the church world on a political party saving us uh, from demise. But again, I don't, I don't like the policies of the Democrats. I don't, I don't agree with abortion. Uh, I don't agree with same-sex marriage. But there are, there are, and I think Joel and I both agree, there are policies in the, in the Democratic side that I have agreed with. There are social policies and how they treat the poor and the needy. There are things that when we worked in government that we saw that they did better than the Republicans. Um, but I, again, I, I, I don't like the turnout. I don't like 
the the way things have gone. But uh, I, I'm going to throw this at you, Joel, as kind of a handoff to you. Is I don't know if there's a mechanism in place for this level of corruption um, that's being prepared. You know that they're they're saying it's taking place if there's enough smart people to pull something this big off uh, in the nation. So I'm not, I'm not sure, Joel, I'm going to throw that uh, to you. If I, I know we've talked about, you know, do we think government's smart enough to do that? They're not smart, smart enough to run the U.S. Postal Service. So I'm, I'm just baffled to think that they are smart enough to pull off something this big uh, at, at this level of corruption. Yeah, you know, Ron, I think that that's really, I think that is true to a large degree. You know, to me, this election is about uh, is about putting our trust in God. I mean, at the end of the day, here's what I know. I know that whatever happens, God is still in control. And I know that the U.S. government isn't the answer to the problems of the world. The only answer to the problems of the world is Jesus. And, and I know, Ron, you believe that. And I know Papa Jack and Kelly, you believe that as well. So, you know, that's that's the clearest thing to me. It's still too early to tell how bad the corruption is and if it's bad enough to have turned the election. It may be and it may not be. I think we'll get to the bottom of it because there are a lot of lawsuits that are going on. It, what people need to do is relax, let the process work itself out. Um, you know, there's uh, there is no president elect and vice president elect right now. That happens once the vote is certified. And that's not going to happen until sometime in the early December at the very earliest. Uh, this, this whole process is going to go in front of the Supreme Court probably a couple of times, much like uh, Bush v. Gore did. And it's going to be at, at some point along the line that it becomes obvious that there's just not any other realistic approach you can take legally to resolve this. And one of these two, one of these two groups is going to have to walk away. You know, and I think we need to prepare ourselves for both sides of that because it's going to be, uh, if if this were election were to be overturned and Trump were to become president, there's going to be a lot of really angry people, more so than the people that are angry that Trump lost. You know, the the reality is, uh, we're we're all more frustrated and disappointed than angry, uh, yet we feel like there may have been some some corruption and fraud that went on, and if there is, and that isn't overturned, I'm not so concerned about whether. At the end of this, Donald Trump is in is the president or not? I'm really concerned about whether we get to a place where we can believe that our system still functions and functions normally. And that's to me the tragedy of this whole thing is that at the end of all this, we may as Americans for the first time feel like there's not even any point in voting because you can't trust your vote. And that's why it's important for us to slow down, let the process work. Let you know. Look, Rudy Giuliani, Jay Sekulow, Pam Bondi. These are some of the best attorneys in the country, and they need to be given the time that they need to work this thing through the process. What can be proven in a court of law is proven. What can't be proven in a court of law isn't. Judges will make the decision, and that's the way that a constitutional republic works. And and that's none of this should be frightening us because all of this is our government doing what our government's designed to do. And that's a nice thing to, to be sitting here a week, almost a week out of an election, still not knowing what what the outcome is going to be. And we don't have a violent overthrow going on. We don't have we don't have a military on the streets. We don't have military threatening to kill people. We don't have people uh, blockading anything. 
And, and that's the beauty of a constitutional republic. And we need to be thankful for that because God had a lot of wisdom in how he worked with our founding fathers to set this government up so that at the end of all this, the most amazing thing is going to happen. And that is there's going to be a peaceful transition of power, either Donald Trump stepping out of the way or Joe Biden stepping out of the way. And at the end of this, there'll be a peaceful transition and people need to be thankful for that. And we need people just need to relax. Everybody's gotten a little bit too worked up about this thing. Uh, at the end of the day, there are there are huge benefits to Donald Trump being the president, and quite frankly, for the church, I think there are huge benefits to Joe Biden being president. Because under a Joe Biden regime, uh, there's going to be a lot more need for people to turn back and seek God and ask God, "What do you want us to do?" And I think Ron, you're absolutely right when you talked about that. That part of the problem we've had under Trump is that the church has relied on Trump to fix the problems. And the problem in America is that the church is not taking its role. And I know we're going to talk about that in the last segment of this. The church is not being the church in America. And as a result, America has fallen down a little bit. And the only solution to that is not Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's the church. Papa Jack, why don't you go ahead and tell us about what happened the morning after you woke up after the election. I want to hear that. Well, the thing I heard more loudly than anything, I'd already heard uh, the the, uh, promise in the Old Testament in 714 of uh, the name escapes me. Second Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah, Second Chronicles seven fourteen, and uh, I heard God say early on, uh, "This is a, uh, this is a if my people issue, if my people." Now we don't need to know all the answers if we will believe. If my people are called by my name, will simply humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Four things we need to do. Uh, he said, I will hear you. I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things beyond your knowledge. Now, the other thing I said, and I wish everybody could hear me. Can you hear me yet? Yeah, we're hearing you right now, Papa Jack. You're good. Uh, I think the best thing I heard, the thing that settled me down, I wasn't, I wasn't settled over the result of the, uh, of the election. Uh, I'm sure there was some, uh, I'm sure there was some cheating because it was caught on, on, uh, Online, it was called on the, on the uh, television. Uh, I don't know about Republicans. Uh, I don't know about the, yeah, the Republicans. Uh, but uh, I do know that God said, uh, he, he said that the Lord, uh, Sets over the kingdom whomsoever he will in the book of Daniel. And uh, even the basest of men. And uh, 
I thought the most unlikely candidate that could name would have been Joe Biden. Now I think anybody that could have run, I think we could have won to get the, the custodian here in the, uh, in the, uh, my, my home. Uh, and, and he could have won. I think you could pick some off the street and they'd arrive if they run with the Democrats. But, uh, the thing I heard was this. Can you hear me? You two or three that are listening and can hear Yes, this? sir. Yes, sir. Todd said, I wasn't running for election. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. That's powerful. Okay, Karen, it's your turn to chime in on your thoughts on the 2020 elections and what really God is saying into you, into your heart. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Um, he has uh, been speaking to me actually for the last year, and I've shared some of this with the intercessors here and some of it with my really old friends in the Lord um, that are also prophetic in nature. Um, I knew that something was happening in the spirit, like a, a s incredible rumbling, but a deep, deep rumbling, deeper than I think that we've ever expected. I, I felt for a very long time, I, um, I guess it was maybe even a year and a half ago, where I kept waking up to the song, People Get Ready. People Get Ready. And uh, I shared that with Pastor Charlie and a lot of my friends, that the church was sleeping, had been sleeping for so long, almost like um, the story of Sleeping Beauty. And I felt like the Lord was ready to kiss us and wake us up. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I feel that um, as long as I've been saved, which is 34 years, I have not seen evidence with my eyes or heard with my ears that the church in the United States was really awake and aware of their uh, position as the ecclesia in the earth. <clears throat> and um, that has been like my main thing. It's time to wake up. It's uh, too bad we weren't awake. It's too bad 9-11 didn't shake us to the core. You know, it's too bad that these uh, wars and rumors of wars didn't shake us to the core. Or the topic of human trafficking didn't shake us to the core. Or why did it take over, you know, millions and millions of babies to be killed on our soil and we still weren't shaken to the core. And it's kind of... You know, just to me, it's like, it's kind of crazy that this, it took this election to shake us to the core. And that's very sad. Uh, but as far as the election goes, um, you know, as I've shared with the intercessors, you know, I'm going to hold on to and grab on to the prophetic words that have been coming down the pike for the last 10, 15 years. And... Just join prayers, join hands, join my heart with those, and continue to pull them 
out of heaven to earth. Uh, I believe strongly in uh, the scripture from Isaiah 14, that when the God of angel armies speaks, exactly as I planned, it will happen. Following my blueprints, it will take shape. I will shatter the Assyrians who trespass my lands, and I'll stomp them into the dirt on my mountains. This is from the message uh, translation. I will ban his taking and make of slaves, lift the weight of oppression from all shoulders. This is the plan that he has planned for the whole earth and it is in the hand that will do it, reaching into every nation. God of angel armies has planned it. Who could ever cancel such plans? He is the hand that's reached out, and who could brush it aside? So that basically sums up how I feel, that um, God has a plan in this man, Donald Trump. I agree with Lance Wall now in his assessment of Isaiah 45 being the chapter uh, connected with President Trump. Uh, I believe even in verse 13 where it says, I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. I really believe that the Lord is behind everything that's been going on. I, I really believe the heart of God, the heart of our Father has been broken because we have turned him aside as a nation. You know, we're taking him out of, you know, prayer out of schools. I mean, the babies that the blood that our land is crying out for justice. I feel like uh, this man uh, in Donald Trump, you know, he has a heart for these issues. That's why I voted for him. I mean, he believes in the sanctity of life. And, uh, you know, I may not like some of the things he says. I might not like his persona. I might like not like some of the things he did, but um, he supports life. He has proclaimed Jesus Christ as the hero. He has guts. He has moxie. You know, I'd say he has something else, but it wouldn't sound so good on <laughs> on uh, the show. But I think he is a great example to the body of Christ as one who is filled with tenacity, who's filled with purpose, fortitude, strength, uh, and I think as intercessors, we need to continually seek the counsel of the Lord. We may not understand a lot of what's going on, but, um, you know, verse 21 in Isaiah 45 says, Tell and bring forth your case, yes, and let them take counsel together. Who has declared this from ancient times? Who has told it from that time? Have not I, the Lord? And there is no other God beside me, a just God and a Savior, and there's no other God beside me. And that's exactly what we need. We need justice, and we need salvation, and we need to continually uh, ask that uh, righteousness rain down on this nation, like verse 8 says, and um, we just need to continually to press in to what the Lord has for this country, what He desires for this country, and not get distracted by social media and all the other garbage that's out there. And you know, the bottom line is this. If by some crazy chance um, Biden ends up being our president, it does not change 
the truth that God is sovereign and he has not fallen off his throne. And so that's what I have to say (laughs) about the elections. Before we wrap up this little panel that we put together, I'd like Karen to speak a little bit about what the church can do and how it can intercede and pray for this nation that we live in. Karen, why don't you do that? And then at the end of your little talk, can you pray with the people and give them some guidelines on what to pray for, stuff like that? Thank you. A call to action for the body of Christ. Well, the first call to action uh, that um, the intercessors here, um, we talked a lot about the need for repentance, and of course everybody was citing Second Chronicles 7.14. I think part of um, what perpetuated, or I don't know the right word, to proceed, preceded all of this, uh, this waking up. It's waking up first and foremost to know that uh, we need our Savior. Uh, we live in, you know, in this country. I mean, I've been to 18 countries. I'm a missionary, so I've been all over the place. You know, I've preached the gospel in the dumps of Honduras. You know, I've, you know, gave food out to dumps in Philippines, uh, just so many places where, uh, you know, I have seen Christians praying in these just horrible conditions, and I've seen more faith in the eyes of those people at times than I have in the people I've come across in our country, even intercessors in our nation. And so it's really saddens my heart that, you know, God really has to, you know, pull the rug out from under us, you know, knock us behind the knees to get us to fall to the ground. It's really sad what has to happen before we finally get on our face. And so Second Chronicles 7.14 if my people humble themselves and pray. So I, I keep saying that, you know, reevaluate your position before the Lord every single day. I mean, if the Holy Spirit whispers in your ear, listen to what he says. If there's something you said or done that, you know, you need to really ad- adjust your thinking, adjust your paradigm, adjust your attitude, just do it. Live a life of repentance before the Lord so that you're always in right standing with Him. I mean, that, I think, precedes any intercession because you do not want to be demanding things of the Lord that's coming from your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. That's not where He's at. He, his ways are higher than our ways. We, we want to sit in the seat that He has prepared for us, sitting with Jesus Christ in heavenly places and looking at things from His perspective. You know, that to me is first and foremost in our call to action as a church, recognizing who we are, our identity in Christ, and, uh, you know, do our very best. I, I, I don't follow people. 
I don't follow people on Twitter, Facebook. I don't follow people. I spend my time with the Lord and I ask Him, okay, you made me unique. I have a unique way of hearing you. I have a unique way of taking what you have given to me, processing it through my walk, my life, what you have done for me, looking for scriptures that bear the truth out in what you're telling me and creating my prayers from that point. And so, always remembering that he is sovereign. He can do whatever the heck he wants. I mean, look what he did to Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, look at what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to go through in order for the king to recognize that God was who he said he was. Or, you know, I think about Daniel. I mean, come on already. Uh, How many of us have been thrown into a lion's den for God to prove his point? To a king, you know. So I think that humility is the is the main deal. Uh, and the Lord said, if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, He will lift us up, and He will lift us up, and He will give us the platform and the place to decree and declare who He is and what His heart is desiring for our country right now. I'm reminded of Psalms 149, you know, this is the honor that we have to lay upon our beds in a place of rest and to declare and decree the goodness of the Lord, His statutes, His judgments, His word, knowing that He is going to hasten to perform it. He loves his word. He loves to be reminded of who he is. And so I think that if that's what we do as intercessors, we can't go wrong. And if we stay in that place of humility, we can't go wrong. And if we stay in that place, then nothing will offend us because if God's law is written upon our hearts, we will not be offended Even if Joe Biden gets appointed as president, it will not offend us. And I think that's the most important thing, is to pray with a a pure heart, a clean heart, a right right heart, uh, knowing that we are standing before the captain of the hosts of the armies of heaven, and they're just waiting there to execute his word. That's what it says. His angels wait and listen to what we have to say. And when we're praying the Word of God, they're going to go about their Father's business, and they're going to go about the business of the kingdom. And I think that's what God is is looking for, looking for intercessors with no agenda. Well, I would uh, just like to close with this. Um, there is something that the Lord uh, shared with me I was sitting out on my back porch last week, and I just wrote this down as kind of like a prayer for my own self to remind us. I said, Lord, you're still on the throne. You are still omnipresent. You are still omnipotent. You are still omniscient. You are still Emmanuel. Your blood is still holy, and it is the most powerful of all. You are still our Father, our Protector, 
our healer, our deliverer. You are still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and you still are our God. You are still everything you have told us in your word, and you never change, and you are the same yesterday and forever. That is what you told us. That is our hope, and Jesus Christ, he still is the rock of our salvation and our sure foundation. Father, I thank you that you are bringing us as your bride into a state of awareness. You desire us to see you for who you really are. I thank you, Father, that you are absolutely, without a doubt, sovereign over all you have created over all you have done, and over all you are. You are truly the name above all names. Amen. I would like to thank my guests, Ron Culver, Joel Thornton, Papa Jack, and Karen Simmons for being on the Millennium Beat. If you're watching us on the YouTube channel, thank you very much for joining us. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and click the bell for notifications on a weekly basis. We actually drop every Sunday night at 6 p.m. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story, so write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. guys, this is Ryan Bastris with Wake Ministries, and I wanted to invite you guys first to subscribe, hit that bell button, Millennium Beat, uh, because we're going to be uploading some amazing content, and we want you guys to be notified. We um, uh, just filmed five-week series on our identity and our inheritance, the DNA of the kingdom. Uh, it's going to start, videos are going to start first Thursday of December and look for the first video after 6 p.m. on December 3rd, which is the first Thursday of December. Uh, we had a great time filming these and really believe it's going to be encouragement to you. Hopefully it will be an enlightenment, it will be inspiration, 
and uh, hopefully there's uh, even some conviction that went right shift in life. But uh, again, we did a five-week series, and they're going to be uploaded for five weeks starting December 3rd at 6 p.m. There's going to be future guests as well that will do five-week series, so be on the lookout for that. That's why you're going to want to uh, like or subscribe uh, to the Millennium Beat uh, YouTube channel, because then they will notify you of these videos that are uploading that I've done, but also the videos that others will do. Uh, in the future. Uh, so I just encourage you guys to come and hang out. Um, this series on identity and our inheritance uh, hopefully will give you a, an in-depth look into the heart of God for you and it will encourage you and even shift your perspective of yourself. I encourage you guys to start following those videos starting December 3rd at 6 p.m. I bless you guys and I hope you enjoy.